Uno, dos, tres. R.I.P. to the competition. I heard that they're coming through you. I heard that they're coming through you. I heard that they're coming through Hello, 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 and welcome to Threes of Crowd Sportscast. I'm your host, Ray Jones. I got my sideline reporter extraordinaire, Kelsey Nelson, in the house. Kelsey, what's up? Hey, what's up, everyone? And I got my big man, James. James, how you doing, man? Hey, it's good. It's good. All right, as you all know, it's still uh, February, Black History Month. So for the whole month of February, we're going to be celebrating Black History athletes. Uh, Kelsey, go ahead and take it away with your Black History Month honor this month. Sure. So with the Winter Olympics around the corner coming up, I decided to do Debbie Thomas, who, if you don't know, um, was the first African-American to win the women's title at the U.S. Figure Skating Championship and the first African-American to win a medal in the Winter Olympics. So Debbie Thomas is obviously a trailblazer for the sport um, and she faced a lot of discrimination coming up so that's why I wanted to highlight her a lot of the judges would give her lower scores when she was coming up simply because of her skin tone and color but I just want to use her as an example to never give up as obviously she went from discrimination to meddling for the U.S. and representing our country so congratulations Miss Debbie Thomas. Salute to Debbie Thomas so for me I chose Althea Gibson she was a tennis player she's known as the first black athlete to cross the color line of international tennis um, in 1956 she became the first person of color to win the Grand Slam title. In 57 and 58, she won both the Wimbledon and the U.S. Nationals and was voted Female Athlete of the Year by the Associated Press. During her career, she also won 11 Grand Slam tournaments, including six doubles titles, and was inducted into the International Tennis Hall of Fame and the International Women's Sports Hall of Fame. So let's clap it up for uh, Althea Gibson. All right, this week I chose Wilma Rudolph was a track and field athlete. Uh, she actually was sick as a child, and she had to wear a brace on her left leg growing up. But she overcame her disabilities to be co- to compete in the 1956 Summer Olympic Games. In the 60s, she became the first African-American woman to win three gold medals in track and field at a single Olympic. All right, salute to uh, Wilma Rudolph. Man, we appreciate all the people that came before us, so that's why we took a moment to make sure we acknowledge all these people during Black History Month. All right, let's get to it for the top of the headlines this week. Of course, you know we had the All-Star Weekend. It was a lot of good, but it was a whole lot of bad. So, James, you got uh, three standouts from the All-Star Weekend? Uh, my two, my couple standouts, I, I had to give it to Eric Gordon for uh, competing the way he did in the three-point contest. I had to give it to your, your prediction, Przingis, in the in the skills challenge. He came up to play. He was, He's a Nick, and he did his thing. And uh, and to top it off, you got to give it to my man. you got to give it to my man, the New Orleans Pelicans, the hometown favorite, Davis. you got to give it to Davis. you got to give it to Davis for doing his thing, you know, outscoring everybody with 52 points in the game. And, and he is the MVP. Do you, I don't know, man. You really feel like Anthony Davis deserved that MVP? I feel like they were, like, catering to him because he was the hometown favorite and everything. I feel like they just kept giving him the ball. He, he, he had, like, I think – 32 dunks or something crazy like that. Kelsey, what do you think about that? You know, Ray, I, I have to agree with you. I mean, obviously, everybody did want him to win it because it was his hometown. He was representing New Orleans in the All-Star game, but I think he did deserve it. I don't think we can say take it away from him. I mean, obviously, the players felt the same way, so I actually also had him as one of my stars from the NBA All-Star weekend down in New Orleans. But I really liked the Greek freak, uh, Giannis. I'm going to try to say his last name. Don't criticize me if I say it wrong. <laughs> But if you, I don't know if you guys know, but he scored, uh, he reached the 30 point mark in the all-star game and it was actually the most points scored by a Bucks player 
at an NBA All-Star game history. He was balling out, and especially when he ducked over Steph Curry. And then the second time, Curry actually, as you guys saw, laid down because he didn't want to be put on another poster. He really balled out. Well, Kels, not to, you know, chime in on your little Bucks thing here, but how many Bucks have been All-Stars? Like, there's probably only two, right, Allen? And but, the big dog, Glenn Robinson. Okay, see, I knew somebody's going to say something, but I have to say he's really making a mark for the Bucks because I think your point is right. Completely valid, James. And I feel like now he's starting to make noise for a Milwaukee Bucks team that hasn't gotten a lot of love. Uh, at all, really, I think, in NBA history. And well, last but not least, I have to give love to, of course, the one and only Russell Westbrook. The storyline with him and KD was the thing. We saw the alley-oop, which was nice. Nice brotherly love. Clap, clap. But I like that he always gives us all. It doesn't matter what he's doing, where he's playing. He always gives you 110% energy. So, Westbrook, good job. And, Kelsey, I like the fact that you brought up Glenn Robinson. You know, salute to his son. Glenn Robinson III for winning the slam dunk competition. He shocked a lot of people. He represented his family well. And he, he beat Aaron Gordon, who was the clear runaway. We all had that one wrong. We thought Aaron Gordon was going to dominate. But overall, <laughs> I think the uh, All-Star Weekend was definitely uh, um, a disappointment. Is that the best word? James, what do you think? So uh, I'm going to say I slept through most of it. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. I'm going to actually say I have to agree. Like, I, I honestly really only watched the game. Um, and I saw some of the celebrity games because everyone was texting me, tweeting me, telling me it wasn't much to watch home. So I was like, why waste my President's Day weekend? I think the best part was that it was in New Orleans, and I'm sure they all had a lot of fun. Shout out to my New Orleans family. The All-Star Weekend was a disappointment. I, I sat there. I said, you know what? I'm going to watch this All-Star game, and I'm going I'm to catch Walking Dead later on. I'm going to catch the rerun. And I was a little disappointed. <laughs> I feel like I could have went to bed early that night. They weren't playing any defense. Like, it was a lot of dunks. I'm not going to lie to you. It was a lot of dunks, a lot of highlights. But honestly, I wish that some of those players that are making all these dunks in the All-Star game would participate in the actual dunk contest. I feel as though that fans would be more in tune with the with the dunk contest. It'll bring a lot of fanfare. They want to see the superstars participate. It seems like the dunk contest, it delivers once every five years. We'll have a good one, and then the next three or four will be terrible. And then we'll have one good one, and then it'll be bad again for the next three or four years. I just never understood why the superstars do not want to participate in the dunk contest. I always found that to be a little strange. And the game, the game itself had no defense. I was kind of disappointed that, at, you know, they, the fourth quarter came along and they didn't really step up their defense, you know, ha, as they used to do in the past. And I, I was kind of disappointed by that. It was like just, you know, let's do this, let's do that, and, you know, let's just, just dunk it, and whoever gets the most points gets the most points. So you had, like, maybe, like, what, four or five players, like, with the, with, in the high 20s and high 30s and everybody, and, you know, and – Westbrook was right behind uh, uh, Davis in the scoring in the scoring in the scoring race, so it's like I don't know too much scoring and not enough defense. I definitely agree with that. It was no defense whatsoever. I think you see Ka- Kawhi Leonard was sitting on the bench looking real bored and disappointed. I feel like he wanted to go out there and put the shackles on somebody. He's like, this ain't my type of game. I don't even know why I'm here. He looks so out of place. It was crazy. That's so funny. I mean, at the same time, though, it's the NBA, so I feel like a lot of times sometimes we don't see the defense that we want to see. I wasn't. Too, I mean, of course, their defense, I think, was horrible this All-Star game, but at the same time, I'm not mad at a lot of offensive points being scored. It is an All-Star game, and I'm thinking as a fan, if I'm in the fan, if I'm a fan and I'm watching this game in the arena, I would like to see a lot of dunks. You know, I would like to see a lot of my uh, favorite players scoring a lot of points, and I like to see records being broke, so, of course, we know Anthony Davis uh, broke Wilt Chamberlain's record of uh, 42 points in 1962. Like, that to me was exciting. But 
I don't know. I think it was bad, but I think a lot of people are making it worse than it really was. All right. Well, let's change topics a little bit. Let's talk about some other news that came out of not necessarily All-Star Weekend, but the aftermath of All-Star Weekend. Magic Johnson being named president of operations and the Lakers go ahead and firing Mitch Kupchak. So I know, James, that's your Lakers. Go ahead and let it go. Yes. Let it fly. <laughs> Listen, it's, it's a time. It's, it's a new world order. It's time for the Lakers to get back to where, you know, where we used to, where we still winning. And uh, Magic Johnson is the, I think he's the right, is the right guy for the job. And uh, him bringing along, you know, Kobe's agent is, is another thing that's going to break barriers because uh, Kobe's agent has been around the team for like 20 years. So he knows what he has to do. And he's been around the players in NBA also. So he has good experience. And I feel like, you know, they hiring him is coming out the box, you know, and, um, and, I, and I'm happy that uh, Miss Buss stepped up. And she's going to, you know, get the legacy back for her dad. I was excited when Magic was named. It was so funny. Um, my mom knows I'm a, I was a big Lakers fan growing up. And she actually sent me a Snapchat picture of my old Lakers jersey dress. If you guys can remember back to when jersey dresses were a thing and people were rocking them. Because when the Lakers were winning, it was something I had to represent <laughs> <Jersey> wearing. <dress. laughs> I had to take it further back. But I'm excited. I think Magic brings back a culture of winning. Um, and that's what the Lakers organization is all about. That's why they're one of the largest franchises in the world. Um, we know them for winning, and I think he's going to bring that winning back because, of course, we want to see Staples Center full. We want to see a star franchise player brought to that organization, which I think Magic uh, can do with all of his connections. And I'm excited. I think it's an exciting time to be a Lakers uh, fan. So well done, Jeannie, on uh, naming Magic to the position I think he awfully should have already had, honestly. but. That's my thought. All right, I got a, I got a question then. Since you guys seem to be so excited about, you know, Magic Johnson saving the Lakers, he's the savior. Who's gonna win a championship first, the Lakers or the Knicks? You know, I gotta throw my Knicks in there somewhere. James, go ahead. What you <laughs> pretty, it's, it's, you know, it's pretty obvious that uh, what you're saying is like has no like uh, substance. So I'm gonna go ahead. And it was say, a question. Uh, it, the, the question that has no substance. You already know. You already know what it is. You know the Lakers are gonna win before the Knicks, because the Knicks are never gonna win a championship ever again. Until Dolan Ouch. leaves, they're never gonna win a championship ever again. I mean, I mean, Ray, 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 right Ray got to face the fact. You know, you got to face the facts. You know, reality hits Ray. You know, it's gonna hit him, and when it hits him, you know, it's gonna cry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crying right now, but it's cool. That was a little blow. I was asking a simple question, and you always want to take it personal. You always want to get personal. Why we can't just have a friendly conversation without Nick slander? Because New Again, York fans like always said. want to take it personal. Oh man, Kelsey, Kelsey, come on, come, come to the nice side, Kelsey. What's up? I'm, a, I'm, a, I feel like me and James have been clicking lately on this show. Yes. I have to agree with, I have to agree with James. I'm sorry, yes. right? As much as I would like to see New York get it before with Magic back in the helm, I, Lakers. I'm telling you, give them some time. That might be an unstoppable force again. Yes. Go Cavs. Y'all, y'all Go got, Cavs. I swear, y'all got some, some little secret love connection going here or something. Because y'all agreeing way too much lately. I don't, I'm not feeling this at all. I'm you starting to feel like it's always vibes, You've been off the vibes, Ray. You've been off the vibes. Listen, great minds think alike, Ray. It's that George No, just because y'all thinking. agree don't mean yep. we. I said it last week. Just because you agree does not mean y'all are right. That does I mean, not mean it's correct information. I mean, two is always better than one, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me, Rick. All right, I hear what you're saying. That don't mean it's right. <laughs> two two lines equal X. That means you're wrong. What you mean? 
but he always brought it to the court. He always he always came to play. And um and you got to in to to his defense like look at it like he's been through many owners, many coaches, and many mm-hmm. GMs. So it's like, you know, he he's in a win he's never in a win-win situation. Just a quick question. Do you think y'all do you guys both think that he'll still average the same amount of points that he was having in Sacramento next to Anthony Davis? Of course, it's even going to be better with him and Davis together. I think his production is going to dip a little bit simply because he's not he's not going to get as many touches. It's going it's going to be some filling out time, a filling out period. But I think it's definitely once they start clicking, and if they can find another wing to play next to Drew Holiday, they're going to be they're going to be some trouble. And um, it's going to be it's going to be a threat in the West. Maybe not this year, maybe next year. But if they can finally click and like I said, find another wing, they might do some things. And we also put a Twitter poll up for you guys to check out as well. Do you guys think that the addition of Boogie Cousins is going to get the New Orleans Pelicans to the playoffs, first round, second round, Western Conference Finals, or to the actual championship? So make sure you log on Twitter and go ahead and place your vote. We'll reveal the results at the end of the show. But as far as the rest of the trades, um, we also had some little minor trades. No other big superstars really moved, but we had a lot of significant movement, I think. Um, what do you guys think was your favorite, James? What was your favorite transaction of the day? Favorite transaction of the day, it would have to go to the Sixers for getting Bogut and New Orleans out of there. I mean, like, what is what was New Orleans doing over there? He wasn't doing nothing anyway. You know, Ben Simmons is going to come back to play. So, be be aware, trust the process. Sixers are going to come. Kelsey, you want to you want to go, or you want me to kill him? Because I got some things for go, him, but yeah, I'm gonna let go, it go. Go ahead. I want to hear what you're gonna say because I, I need some excitement. So go ahead. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like this was a terrible trade for the Sixers. You what? gave up Nerlens Noel and kept Jaleel Okafor. If anything, I would have moved Jaleel Okafor first. I, th- I feel like Nerlens Noel has more potential than Jaleel Okafor. Nerlens Noel is a great defender. If you put him next to Embiid, I feel like that's a better lineup than with you having Jaleel Okafor and Embiid. Jaleel Okafor kind of clogs the middle a little bit. He doesn't move as well as Nerlens Noel. And I feel like you should have probably moved Okafor instead of Noel. That's just my personal opinion. And I feel like though you didn't, they didn't get enough value back for Noel as well because they're not going to keep Bogut. They're probably going to buy him out. Anderson is never going to get in that rotation. So all they really did was get a first-round pick. But the pick is going to be so low that it's not really going to be worth much, I don't think. That's just my opinion. But I think it's a great trade for Dallas. Now they have another piece to act, not necessarily replace Dirk Nowinski, but he can just kind of move into that slot and kind of provide some type of relief for once once Dirk leaves. And then he also plays great defense. So I feel like Dallas almost stole stole one with that trade. Yeah, I actually like that. Dallas I would say yeah, came out on top of that. But I also feel like we have to give love for Magic for already making a trade before the deadline with the uh, Corey Brewer coming to the uh, Lakers. I feel like he's already kind of showing his great leadership skills with the trade, but props to Dallas for it. I'm excited. With that one, that's another. I don't think Corey Brewer is going to break their lineup. I don't think he's going to crack their lineup at all. I feel like that trade was simply to get Lou, Lou Will's money off the books and to get right. another draft so pick in there. for the future. Exactly. Yeah, so he knows what he's doing. Trust that, Magic. That was a decent trade. I, do, I was surprised that they didn't trade Swaggy P, honestly. I thought he was going to be going. I, I thought he was going, too. I thought too. Magic was going to just give it all that salary. I thought Swaggy P was going, too, but I'm sure he's very happy to stay in the Los Angeles uh, area. I will say this, though. I'm so mad Swaggy P has kind of started to go off since he left the Washington Wizards because it was a nightmare when he was in Washington. Just had to throw that out there. Like I told y'all last week, man, Swaggy P is one of my favorite players. Don't ask me why. I really can't <laughs> justify it. Him, so. it, it. I can't justify it. It's just maybe it's just the fact that he has a crazy nickname, and I like it. It's original. I don't know where it came from because it has nothing to do with his name, 
But it's something about that name. I just root for him. Because if you could be that creative, then you, you deserve to be on my, my fan list. That's all. That's how I feel about it. But I'm going I'm to go ahead and hit you guys with my favorite, my favorite trade. Taj Gibson, McDermott, and a second-round pick going to OKC for Payne, Anthony Morrow, and Laverne. I feel like OKC got a monster steal with this trade right here. Dodge Gibson is a is a starting power forward, and they pretty much gave up their backup point guard, their their two their shooter. Morrow's a shooter, and Laverne really didn't get much playing time. And you brought in a, a knockdown shooter in McDermott, plus like I said, a starting power forward. I think that was a steal. Honestly, Payne has a lot of potential. But I would I would go ahead and take that gamble with uh, Taj Gibson and Dougie McBucket. I definitely think that was a good trade. Uh, the G, you know, the OKC GM, he he's he's a beast. Uh, you got to give it up Make to him for that one. He, mm-hmm. He's a beast. He's making some good moves for my man Westbrook. But okay, my question is with that. Even though it was a great trade, does that trade really make them make a significant difference as far as their seeding in the West? Does it put them in the top four right now or what? No, it's going to solidify them in the mm-hmm. top in the top uh, six, seven, and eighth place. The West is still hard. It's a hard conference. So I'm going to put them at like at least, I'm going to say the, the best at best seven. Well, there's seven now, so it's a push, sounds like to me. Yes, uh, maybe. I think the biggest maybe. impact yeah. is going to be the, the pregame dancing between Westbrook and Payne. Like, who's he going to dance with now? Like, that, yeah. that was just man. <laughs> that's right so there. true. They I completely forgot that. Like, no, that's I, one of I really the best parts of the game right before. Me no, 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 Kels, no. <laughs> that's not the best part of the game. No. Too Kelsey, funny. you know James is old happy. school. I see, right? He just wants them to play straight basketball. But I like little entertainment. James that's don't believe in fun. No, he don't believe in fun. I don't believe doing the dab and all that. Uh, no, nah, I'm straight. Let's, let's play ball, man. Nah. You got to give the fans their money's worth, especially those front row people that pay in the thousands of dollars to watch the game. So I'm all for it. I hope Westbrook finds a new partner. Uh, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna dance with him the way Payne did it. That their dancing ability was on a whole nother level. They should have went on dancing with the stars as a team. They would have won that hands down easily. Not even a contest. <laughs> Too funny. But I got I got I got one more um one more not really one more trade, but it was actually a team that I feel like they made some huge um additions as well. The Toronto Raptors getting Serge Ibaka, and also in the second trade they got PJ Tucker. I think they're going to give the Cavs a run for their money, especially with the Cavs dealing with so many injuries. Toronto is stacking the deck, and you know they can score. What do you guys feel about the uh, Toronto Raptors giving, get, putting some heat on the Cavaliers? I like I like the trades, but I don't still don't think, even with the injuries, that it's enough to give the Cavs a run for their money because, unfortunately, the Cavs just are the Cavs, and that's the reality that you have to face in the East with LeBron James at their helm. So I think the Raptors will help maybe shake things up in the East, but sorry, Ray, I can't agree with you on giving the Cavs a run for their money. I still think Boston Celtics is going to give the Cavs a run for their money more than the Raptors is right now because I'm telling you, man, they play with heart. Those guys play with heart, man. Watch. You'll see. You'll see that. Uh, you're Boston forgetting Celtics. the Washington Wizards, though, uh, James, who oh, have been playing God. some great basketball, yeah. and they got some great additions to their bench, which has been really their Achilles heel all season. Kels, we know you're from the DMV, Kels. We know you're from the DMV. The thing is, you cannot deny how good the Wizards are playing basketball right now. Yes, they're playing great right now. Yes, I understand what you're saying, but get them out of here when it comes to playoff time, all right? Now, watch. They will show up in playoff time. John Wall is playing the best basketball of his career. We got Bradley Bill finally not injured or hurt. Watch out for Washington, I think, to get the Cavs. Okay, Kels. 
So you're saying that they're going to play uh, the Cavs in the finals? Not necessarily because we still have some basketball, but I think they do have the potential to get there. If the Wizards keep balling out like they are right now, especially at home, watch out for the Washington Wizards in the East. Beast in the East. <laughs> you talk a good one, Kels. Watch it. Well, funny. I can't wait till we do a show around playoff time, and I'm going to just tell James how, uh, how you like the Wizards last night. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're great. They're, they're getting out the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> Okay. Should not wait. Maybe. Right. <laughs> Funny. Watch. <laughs> I'm telling y'all, Washington is scary this year, especially if you watch that last Wizards-Cavs game. The LeBron James foot was on the line, but I'll leave it right there. So, on, the on we go. <laughs> on what? we go. Kels, please. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's, 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 that, that, it's that time again. Hip to the game. Uh, in this segment, let's talk about the top five NBA centers. Here's my top five. Without a doubt, I'm going to have to give DeMarcus Cousins number one. Number two, I'm going to give you right now, DeMar, DeAndre Jordan. Number three, I'm going to give you Carl Carl Anthony Towns. Number four, I'm going to give you Mark Gasol. And number five, I'm going to have to give you Al Horford. These are centers we're talking about here. And, And they're making an impact in this year's season. Let me hear what you guys have to say. I like, I really like James List. Horford, I had, I've had him kind of almost with Drummond, but other than that, I pretty much, I pretty much had your list. And DeAndre Jordan and Towns, I feel like are also competing for that two and three spot. But overall, James, pretty solid. I'm actually really proud. Thank you, thank you, Kels. Thank you. <laughs> Here y'all go, go ahead, with y'all love y'all, y'all bromance again. Where's the hater? Get over this bromance. <laughs> 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 I have, a, I have a. Uh, I get a, a slight a slight change in there. I consider AD Anthony Davis a center because he's at times center. he's a he's center, center. Like, okay, hold he's on. A, a true center. Remember when they when, when they when they had Ryan Anderson, he was a uh, Ryan Anderson was a power forward and AD was a center. It, it's always a Knicks fan to do something like that. He's not listed <laughs> as a center. So so again, when I looked when I looked no when I looked him up, it said power forward slash center. So therefore, he's he can be either center. or. Oh, man. He is not okay, that's fine. I'll adjust my list. Okay. It's Thank your you. segment. I'll let you live. It's your segment. Thank I'll you. let you live. Well, then we got the same list. I got Boogie, Gasol, Cat, uh, DeAndre Jordan. I don't know how you had DeAndre so high, but anyway. DeAndre Jordan is my four, and then I got um, Al Horford. Well, that's the case. Al Horford, is he a center? He's a center. Yes, he's listed as a center. Yes. He's 6'9". <laughs> yes, it doesn't matter. He's listed as a center. Is, okay, is DeAndre Jordan uh, an all-star? He's listed as an all-star. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> Wait, that's that's boy, totally different. Yes, he is. <laughs> How did you even try to make that analogy right there? Yes, he is. It, it, it's, it's, on the, it's in the books. It, yes. Is Draymond Green an all-star? Yes, it's in the books. He was in there twice. <laughs> Do we have to go okay, this again? And Al Horford is in the books. He's the center. It's in the books. Okay, Anthony Davis is in the books as a center, too. What you, what no, you he's trying not to say? in the books as a center. He's a power forward. Bro, do you collect, uh, you collect <laughs> basketball cards? Go, yeah, go right, look at a basketball right. card. <laughs> Wait, I'm, I'm going to need you to uh, uh, update your Mac because, you know, you still have the old OS version. So, update oh, your Mac. Oh, you went on your laptop. Google. <laughs> Please, sir, I can't hear you. NBA K-17. Are you talking about uh, video games? I am so done with both of you guys. Are you talking about a video game? I'm talking about real life. First of all, uh, no, we never refer to game. NBA 2K as a video game. Don't do that. Oh, my gosh. Fam, you're a little bit too old right now to talk about video games. All right, let's, let's, get, back, let's get back to what's going on in real life. Please. That's the first reference points I could come up with. I'm sorry. I was anyway. waiting for the ESPN page to load up, so that's the first thing I had. I apologize. Exactly. <laughs> like I said, download 
Your new Meg version. I'm really mad you admitted that, right? Of course he's going to admit it. Because I'm going to keep it 1,000. When I, when I said it, that's all I had. He knows I know. He knows I know. <laughs> all right, moving along, man. Uh, Hall of Fame nominees, uh, listen, this year cannot compare to what we had last year. Last year was a great 2016 Hall of Fame nominees. I mean, we got Tracy McGrady, Muggsy Bogues, Chris Webber, Tim Hardaway. And honestly, guys, like, before you say anything, Chris Webber, is making it to Hall of Fame because it's basketball Hall of Fame, not NBA or Hall of Fame. So that's why he's going to the Hall of Fame. And he still averaged 20 points a game. I think Chris Chris Webber is definitely a Hall of Famer. Um, then the Bears women's coach, Kim Milkey, she deserves it. She has a couple championships under her belt. Rudy Tomjanovich. Listen, so Mo- Bugsy Moges has averaged 7.7 points a game, 2.6 rebounds, and 7.6 assists. But Muggsy didn't make it to the, to the final list, though. So, I mean, he you don't think he deserved to be even nominated at all? That's what you're saying? James I has mean, some hate towards him. No, it's not, I don't have no hate towards him. I mean, but Hall of Fame? Yo, Hall of Fame is the optimum of all basketball. Like, come on now. Let's, 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 come on, guys. He just made I up mean, a word. I mean, the greatest of the greatest. He did. That's why I was trying to rescue him. The greatest of the greatest. The optimum. <laughs> the optimum. <laughs> Tell us, Barkley. I got to Hold on. Please keep trying, keep trying. Epitome? Are you trying to say epitome? Uh, yeah, you're right. Epitome, my bad. <laughs> 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 I typed it in, it didn't oh come up. Siri had no clue what that was. To all the listeners, he does have a Georgetown degree. It was just a brief flask. Give <laughs> hey, my check. But like I said, overall, the list is cool. Rebecca Lobo definitely deserved to be in. Uh, Sidney Moncrief, yes, I think he her. did a, he, he was a he was a multi-time all-star. He deserved to be in. Kansas coach Bill Self. Like, these guys, people got to understand, it's not just the NBA Hall of Fame, like you said earlier. It's the Basketball Hall of Fame. So these players, these coaches, right. players, referees, announcers have done a lot in basketball in general. So I'm not too upset with the list. I, I, I think it's a pretty decent list. And I'm just curious to see who actually going to be the ones that get inducted into the Hall of Fame based on the, these finalists. So it'll be a very interesting decision once it comes out and once they release their finalists. Completely agree. So, James, what else you got for your uh, hip to the game section? You good? We could pass yeah, it over I'm, to Kelsey now? I, I mean, after you got slandered my optimum, yeah, I'm good now. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Bro, we got a hashtag. We really do. It's going to be our little inside joke. Epitome, epitome. Let All me right, let me, save you. let me save you, James. So, Going on to my segment, Listen In with K&N, I wanted to start with some hot water um, stuff that my my boy, Jameis Winston, got himself in trouble again. It's sad. I feel like whenever you hear his name now, you really get scared to see what's going to be behind the headline. He went to an elementary school called Melrose Elementary School in Tampa, and I think it was for a good cause that he went down to the school because, of course, we always love seeing players in the community giving back. I think it's something all athletes should do. Um, and I'm really proud of him for doing it. And actually, just going back, I actually got to meet Jameis Winston back at the Watkins Award here in D.C., which is an award he got um, after his high school career for just being great in the community, having good grades, and playing football um, all to the highest level. So I don't think he's a bad guy. I want to put that out there. But, of course, uh, Jameis Winston does have a rocky past. We all know about all the trouble he got in at Florida State with the crab legs and the rape allegation and then yelling some inappropriate words at a female student. But when he was at this elementary school, he said that he saw some of the male students uh, just kind of looking disinterested, as we probably all know. Sometimes you're in class, somebody's talking, you look disinterested. So anyways, just to sum up the transcript, he basically told 
all the young boys to stand up and he told the girls to sit down and he told all the boys to say we're strong uh right and basically saying that they could do anything they put their minds to and basically said that the females are supposed to be uh silent polite and gentle and the men are supposed to be strong and so that's what got him into hot water because obviously it seemed like he was just telling the boys that they're the only ones that can be strong. And actually a young student in the class asked the teacher, uh, told the teacher, I'm sorry, that she is strong too. So what are your guys' thoughts before I give my little dish on this topic? He was out of bounds with that one. He was definitely, I mean, he didn't mean it, but he was out of bounds with that. In what, in what ways? Like, I mean, what, like, what went like wrong, Jane? Like when he was telling the girls to sit down, like, I mean, you know, we live in a, in a world today where everyone participates, you know, no matter what, race what what you know what gender like we all participate no matter what you know so that was that was kind of uncalled for yeah i definitely right. as, as, a, as a man with two with two daughters i definitely feel like he was a little out of bounds with that but also at the same time that's that's just the culture where he grew up in like a lot of a lot of deep south and especially in florida there's a lot of areas that's what they believe like the men are the the strong ones of the family the women are not necessarily they have a certain place in the household and i, I don't know if he meant any malice when he said it but you got to understand, at this point in time, the way that the world is being run and everything, everyone is equal. You can't necessarily make comments like that because it makes you seem like you're demeaning or you're being demeaning towards women. When, at the, in, in actuality, we're all equal. We're all the same. We all have the same abilities, and we can all strive and be successful. So, I mean, like I said, he wasn't being malicious at all, I don't believe. It's just the way he was brought up and his upbringing. And hopefully the feminist group don't jump on him too hard because, like, it was, it was an honest mistake. So hopefully he'll take this situation, he'll learn from it, and move forward, and it won't it won't be a, a black or dark cloud over his career. Kelsey, I mean I understand what you're saying, Ray, but at, at what point, as a all star or, or as a star, do you take you know responsibility for your actions, saying that's how I grew up, that's the culture I lived in, but but right now you are like you are a role model, so like you have to mm-hmm. you have to take precedence for the things that you do, you know, so. With that being said, like I can't say, you know, I can't keep on giving these athletes their their these excuses, like, you know, like, you know, it was a mistake, whatever, but you you're going to talk to children, like, you know, like you are someone's hero. It definitely was still a mistake and he needs to correct that mistake. I just feel as though and not necessarily and don't definitely don't spew that rhetoric towards children. He gotta understand the environment that he's in and treat everyone equal, all the kids, okay, you can't put that you can't instill those type of values in the little girls and little boys that where they feel as though, oh, I'm better than that person or, oh, he's better than me. You got to bring everybody together and just let everybody know, okay, we can all accomplish what we need to accomplish. We can all be successful. So I want him to take this as a learning experience. I'm not necessarily trying to make an excuse for him. Just he needs to learn from the situation. But I think, for one, just to be clear, he did apologize after it, but I think he apologized when he saw the backlash uh, coming. But I have to hit you first, Ray, because you hurt my heart with mm-hmm. your comment when you said the Deep South thing. So I don't know if you guys know, my family's from the South. I used to spend my summers in Jackson, Mississippi, which I think might be the southernmost place that you Ooh. can possibly go. Um, okay. And I will say, <laughs> it's hot, it's humid, but I will say spending my summers down there, I think, have made me part of the woman who I am today and the fact that my grandparents are both sharecroppers and both my grandmother and grandfather did the field. Um, and I think that's something that she always taught me, that I could do anything else that, you know, a man could do. I grew up playing sports. I never in my life have ever heard, you know, don't be strong. I mean, even I can think back to the images of Rosie the uh, Riveter, you know, with the, with the muscle up. 
Um, and so I think James, I don't think he meant to say it the way he said it, but as we, as we know, we live in a society where you have to pick your words very carefully, especially with social media, because I caught this on video. It's something that James is going to have to live with the rest of his life. And unfortunately, it's something that um, as Ray said, some feminist group might not forgive him for, but even some little girls. I mean, Ray, you have daughters. I would be so hurt if I had a daughter and she came home saying, you know, Jameis Winston said only the boys are strong and stuff like that, because you don't know what stays in a child's head. And it's 2017, and I'm mad we even still have to have these conversations that women uh, are just as strong um, as men. And I really hope he goes back to that school, actually, and talks to the students and really clarifies to them um, his mistakes, other than just sending a public uh, apology through his PR rep and something like that, because it's something women have had to fight for so long. And I think just hearing him say that, honestly, I thought it was shame on you, Jameis Winston. I think you're a good guy. I'm not going to demean you like some people are doing, but I think you still ha he still has a way to go. He's still young, but he really has to choose his words wisely. So I would say he has to work with his agent, his rep, and really next time maybe go over a game plan. But if honestly, I was looking for the teacher maybe to step in and be like, well, aren't the girls strong too, or something like that. At least that's what I would have done if I was a teacher. But any more comments on that one? Yeah, I well, I don't mean to, like, I didn't mean to generalize the entire stuff. I'm just going over conversations that I had with a couple of friends about the topic, and they were saying, oh, I understand where he's coming from because that's kind of how I was raised. So I don't mean to say, like, everybody in the South is, feels like men are better than women. It was more so just over conversations I've had with friends that are from that Florida area that he's near where he's from. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh, that's kind of normal conversation for certain people down there. So I can understand why he might have said that, but he wasn't meaning to say it in a bad way. So that's what oh, I, I want to clear agree. that up so nobody really looks at me crazy. Like we, I said, that I won't come after you, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Don't come for me. That's too funny. Yeah. And I completely agree. I mean, unfortunately, I think there are people who probably do think that. But there are some families, you know, I'm sure where it still happens, you know, where they teach the boys and girls that. But I think as society, we need to slap people on their wrists when they do it so it doesn't happen again. But now moving to a more fun topic, one of my favorite people that I'll have to say in basketball, uh, Lonzo Ball's dad, LeVar Ball. Um, he made a comment a couple days ago saying that his son, who, if you guys don't know, he has three sons who are all spectacular um, at basketball. Of course, Lonzo Ball is playing at UCLA. He's I mean, a crazy freshman uh, sensation for the Bruins, and he's already considered to be a top NBA draft pick. And his youngest son, LaMelo, I don't know if you guys saw, but he scored 92 points in a game in high school. I think like a week back, um, which was crazy. And his Lamelo's good in high school. Then he has another son uh, in the middle, Leangelo, who's also going to be going to UCLA, who's also good at basketball. But he caused controversy, basically saying that his son is better than Steph Curry is. And obviously, we all know Steph Curry is already, I would say, uh, one of the greatest, averaging some crazy numbers. He's a two-time uh, MVP. I mean, he's sick shooting but what do you guys think of his comments basically already saying his son as a freshman is better than Steph Curry Mr. Ball has a right to you know to big up his son but it's putting too much pressure on him at at too early of an of, of a of a point in his career where he didn't even make it to the NBA let him get drafted first let me have two years in before you start predicting him being better than Steph Curry like Steph Curry is one of the best shooters we've ever seen in the game in the history of the mm -hmm. game. Mr. Ball, I understand you're a dad, but, yo, hold on a second. Hold on a second, big man. Hold on a second. I mean, James, he even said they could switch places and his son would be doing better than Steph. I mean, yo, still man, the same yo, comment? 
I understand. <laughs> you got confidence in your son. You know, that's your son. I mean, but, but hold on, big fella. Hold on. <laughs> you don't want that. You don't want no problems with Steph Curry, trust me. Ray, you got any comments? I'm going to be honest with you. Being a, being a dad, what was he supposed to say? Like, to me, I feel like that's what he's supposed to say. Is he going to say, no, in public, my though? son ain't as good as yeah, in public, in private, especially in public. In public is where you need to promote your son. If he wants his son to be drafted and to get all these great opportunities, he's not going to say, oh, he's all right, He has he's, he's weak at this, he's weak at that. That's something I'm going to teach my son at home. Like, hey, you know what, you need to work on your left hand, or you need to work on your, uh, your, your floor awareness, things like that. But in public, I'm going to promote him, I'm going to pump him up. Like, he's the best thing to work on the basketball court. So great. I can totally understand. What he is saying by saying his his son is gonna be better than Steph. Who right. who is gonna say that their kid? Oh, my kid is cool, but he not there. He not really that good. Like Ray. I would never say anything like that. Ray, I understand what you're <laughs> saying. Ray, <laughs> I get what you're saying, Ray. But let let's let let's take it back a little second. Let's take it back. Let's take it back to Joe Jellybean Bryant. Look at the way he talked about his son. His son is one of the greatest players to ever play this game, Mister Kobe Bryant. And he never put him say, "Oh, you're better than Michael Jordan." He never said that. He said, yo, you can compete, and you can be one of the best. He never said, oh, my son's better than Michael Jordan. Like, do you know how you sound saying that? But in Steph Curry. That's a different like, time on, frame yo, also, though. You got to look at it that way. It's a different time frame. But he's still like, nobody dead. was okay. asking. Okay. I bet you if they asked his dad, is your son really good? Like, nobody was really talking to parents back then, or, or it wasn't going to be like a big oh. social media blow up back then. I'm just being honest. Oh, I understand when you're you, saying the social media part. I, I, I feel right. like I get both your guys' points. Of course, as a parent, you're going to tell your kid they're the best at everything. You tell them they're the best, the most beautiful, whatever. But at the same time, Let's I feel realistic. like saying that on a public radio show, right, like when I – and, James, you play basketball. When I play basketball in high school, never once did my dad say, oh, you're better than Lisa Leslie or Cheryl right. Poole. No, you're not going to say that because I, I wasn't. I'm not afraid to say that. But also I knew I wanted to get to their level. And if anything, I, I think what would have been better to say, at least in public, was, you know, I think my son has the potential to be Steph Curry or better. I don't know. I feel like if he phrased it the right way. But right. at the same time, he's a freshman. He's a freshman in college. And even I want to, I mean, I, they pointed this out. Like in college right now, Steph Curry was averaging 21.5 points a game as a freshman. Ball's averaging 15.5. So already Steph Curry still already. has better numbers in college. And with a Davidson team, let's remember that too. He's going to have a target on his back already. Like exactly. That's, that's, that's why I'm dad. like, you, you put you put more on him. But I do like his dad. His dad's hilarious. LeVar, keep coming with the comments. I hope you call him to our show one day because you are hilarious. Mr. But, Ball, follow of the year. I get it, but come on now. <laughs> right? Come on now. In the nick of time, I want to go quickly to Dexter Fowler's uh, comments. Just to quickly sum it up, basically, Dexter Fowler's uh, wife is from Iran. And not to get into politics because we don't want to do that. But his wife, um, of course, with the travel ban that Trump imposed, unfortunately, we'll probably not get to travel uh, back and forth. So basically, he just said it's unfortunate that his wife won't be able to go see her family. But I want to take that into the greater context, because it seems lately, uh, such as we had the Patriots, some of them saying they're not going to go to the White House to see the president and things of that nature. What do you guys think of athletes taking a stance on political issues and saying them publicly? And do you say that they deserve the social media backlash or even support uh, that we've seen in recent times with athletes kind of giving their political views. Well, you know, I think it's the time for athletes to stand up and, and, and speak for their rights and speak for the political parts. I mean, we had so many years that we haven't had athletes say anything. And I'm happy that athletes are standing up right now because force icons can come out and, and, and move people, and they can move people in a certain way when it comes to politics. 
And that's all I got to say about politics. You know, I'm not a political person. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Mm, he meant that with all his heart, too. You hear, you hear the conviction in his voice? He did. But, um, I mean, honestly, it was deep and straight. <laughs> <laughs> I, honestly, I feel like if, if, if someone has an opinion or anything, they need to utilize the platform that they're given to express that opinion. So if they're in favor of something, and this is the only way they can get that get that opinion well known or, or to their fans, they should express it. I don't think they should influence people, but if they they need to speak up, I, I always feel like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm always in favor of conversation. So if you feel like you need to say something and you want other people to hear what you have to say, say it. Just don't try to influence people. So that's my opinion on it. Say what you got to say, and and make sure you live by what you're saying as well. You can't just say something mm-hmm. and then live a different, a completely different lifestyle. For example, not to get too political or, or to go on a tangerine thing, uh, let's speak of Colin Kaepernick. He said he wanted a so, uh, change for social injustice. And then not only did he just do his thing where he knelt doing the um, national anthem, but he also donated to different organizations in his community showing that he really meant what he stood for and he wanted to demonstrate mm-hmm. how he was going to be effective in accomplishing his plan. So I'm all for athletes, actors, entertainers, anybody utilizing their platform to express their concerns, anything that's going to be able to help other people. Because any injustice, one place is an injustice to all. So if you feel some type of way about something, you feel like quote. some people are done wrong, then speak up on it. That's how I feel. And I'm I'm with it all I the like way. I like it. Go ahead, right with the MLK call. I loved it. But I will say just I mean, quickly, you know, um, <laughs> see that smartness coming out? I will say quickly, though, it bothered me that so many people get mad when athletes speak out. Because at the end of the day, when they take off their jerseys or whatever, their cleats, whatever, they're people. And I hate when people say just stick to sports because – you would never say to, I don't know, a secretary, just stick to the computer or whatever. I think <laughs> athletes have a platform, and they should use their platform to speak. But like Ray said, it doesn't, they're not trying to influence you. I think they should be able to give their uh, political views and stuff of that nature. When I went to the White House to cover the Cubs thing, uh, Jake Arrieta did not come. And it was a story. But obviously, many people thought he was exercising his political voice by not going to uh, the White House. And, of course, the Cubs were the last team in President Obama's era to visit the White House. But I think stuff like that, I mean, it gets us talking. I think it makes us have conversations, which is great. But I would say, athletes, please speak up. Um, I think a lot of times they're scared to lose endorsements or things of that nature, scared of what their team will say and stuff like that. But I think we live in a time now where you can't be quiet because I think silence is dangerous. And I think politics, especially nowadays, is something um, that needs to be talked about. We need to start having those discussions. And I think who better to start those discussions than the athletes. But now we'll move on to the ladies. You guys know I love giving the ladies love in the WNBA. But this week, I will say as a big WNBA supporter and someone who used to play basketball, it really hurt my heart to hear uh, Candace Wiggins' comments. And if you don't know the story, uh, basically, Candace Wiggins, who was a Stanford graduate, she played for Stanford University basketball. She played eight seasons in the WNBA. Uh, She recently did an interview and basically said, quoting her, me being heterosexual and straight and being vocal in my identity as a straight woman was huge. I would say 98% of the women in the NBA are gay women. It was a conformative type of place. There was a whole different set of rules. And basically she said she was bullied in the culture and the WNBA was harmful because she was not gay and that because she was heterosexual. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Ray. I want to hear your comments on this. Do you think Candace did a disservice to the WNBA by generalizing them and basically putting them all under this umbrella? Or do you think she had the right to say what she said 
even though she is supposed to be releasing a memoir uh, coming out soon, and many people think that's why she said these comments to get Buzz talking about her memoir. Her memoir. See, I'm a little split on this because, like I said, I'm always in favor of someone speaking out, using their platform to express themselves, but I also really hate generalizations. You sh- I hate when people... I shouldn't say hate, but I really don't like when people are all clumped together, like those guys mm-hmm. over there or everybody did this, when it's really just a couple of people. And, and you, you, hate, you paint a big picture when it's really not about everybody. So I really don't like that. And then on top of it, the fact that she's trying to sell a book. So it's, a, it's real shaky for me on that topic. So I go back and forth with that a lot. So, I mean, we'll see uh-huh. if there's really any truth to the story. And hopefully she does well with her book. <laughs> James? Uh, okay, so you have a book coming out. you got a memoir coming out. It's a great marketing scheme. It's a great marketing ploy. So, you know, I want to get sales. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but you can't say 98% of the league is 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 lesbian. Like, like come on, like, where do you get these numbers from? Like, like that's outrageous and it's bogus. So, and, and for that, I'm not buying your book. And that's all I got to say to you, Miss Wiggins. <laughs> Appreciate it, but I'm sorry. You are now stereotyping the lead that you came from that gave you mm-hmm. a platform. So that's mm-hmm. whack. That's super whack. That's super whack. Cause, I, I like mean, it, James. Yeah, I mean, that's not cool, Miss Wiggins. Yo, what's her email address? I got to email her. <laughs> She's losing that $8 book deal from you, so that won't be going towards her sales. Right. Um, like, I'm actually excited to hear you guys say this because I've had I've speak to some guys about this and I feel like they just didn't understand how detrimental it was. Um, she basically talked about how like nobody came to see the games and stuff like that. She really went really in on the WNBA and I think that was hurtful. Um, I did my capstone on the WNBA and basically everything she said was wrong. You can't say 98% of the women are gay because first of all, no one has done a poll. And second of all, 98% is definitely not gay. I've covered WNBA teams. That's a false right. lie and I think the math is wrong. Even our old college coach said, I don't know where she she learned math. I mean, she's really making herself a bad look. As you guys know, the WNBA is very young league. So her saying that I think hurts the league and it's, it hurts. As Dan said, they gave her a platform to play. They helped pay her bills, right. uh, helped do everything for her. And she played eight seasons. And then to just turn around and do that and you have friends in the WNBA and things like that, I think it was very wrong. And I think some of the he- headlines she's getting is rightfully, uh, rightfully so, because you can never say that. Nobody would ever say that about any guys thing. I feel like women, unfortunately, we don't support other women and we always are one to tear people down. And I think that's what she did, but we'll leave on that. Candace, I don't know what to say, but as James, I won't be buying your book. I don't even want to pass by it. When I go on Barnes and Noble, if I see it, I'm going to go the opposite way, but we have to close out. Of course, this was episode nine. It's always fun with Ray and James. We hope you guys will tune in next week. Follow us on social media at threes of crowds. Sports on Twitter and Instagram. Find us on Facebook at Threes of Crowd Sportscast. And if you want to sponsor, be sure to email us at Threes of Crowd Sports at gmail.com. We look forward to seeing you guys next week and thank you for tuning in. So, Ray and James, want to give your social media accounts real quick? Twitter, make sure y'all add us on Twitter at Threes of Crowd Sports. On Instagram at Threes of Crowd Sports. You can add us on our personal. I'm the other Ray J. James, go ahead and give me a shout out. Add Hippleton, everybody. Kells. All right, and I'm at the real K Nelson. Bye, guys. Peace. Stop playing with my name. I ain't going to say it no more. RIP to the competition.